0: Hey everyone, um, it's episode two uh, of versus Media Live on call in, and we're gonna be talking about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Both, I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about sports ball a little bit, plus uh, cringe journal dunking on him on Twitter last night. And then also we're gonna go kickboxing margaritas. I want to find out what which Lululemon white woman activity John did this weekend to take his aggression out for not getting voting rights passed. Um, and then we'll take, we'll, we'll answer a few things. Me and John are like a little reunion here. So this will be fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, we didn't do, we didn't do a, uh, a best of top five albums episode this year because you're busy now with your family and I'm busy and you know, it's like we drifted apart. And, uh, yeah.
1: like, I don't even know list, you, anymore.
0: you know, and you just, you just got over the Rona too, didn't you?
1: Yeah. I, 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 Coronavirus survivor. Uh, not it's not for everybody, but uh, I, I pulled through. I think uh, your prayers they helped a great deal, and uh, yeah, sleeping like crazy on Wednesday and Thursday, and that took care of it.
0: Yeah did you uh, did you did you lose your taste and smell or anything or
1: no no uh, a couple of people with my family have I have not experienced that at least not yet it must have been the omicron thing I. Uh, we had a all had a pretty gross cold like all through the month of November, and yeah, that was worse than this than whatever the Omicron thing is. So, uh, yeah, so I went got through it fine. Some kind of strange symptoms here and there, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't you, too terrible.
0: The, the, I think you the skin turned inside out in
1: the for the next couple of years, just in case. But other than that, it wasn't bad.
0: Yeah. 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 Mine was, I mean, mine was pretty mild. I had it for a day and, and then it was fine. So, um, but yeah, was, I, I just saw that I just saw that you were, you, you were doing your, your Rona diary. So, and, and hopefully your family, <laughs> yeah, I want it. To do you said, you like said one of your daughters of gave it to you, right? Like one of your kids oh, yeah, brought it home, yeah. you think?
1: Well, uh, no, uh-huh. see that teaches Definitely. you to have kids. I know I, I'll, I'll never do it again, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it was, yeah, really wasn't that big a deal. Um, I was thinking of writing this heartfelt, you know, wrote a diary, 3,000 words or so, submitting it to The Atlantic about what I've learned and about human mortality and uh, our place in this world and how it affects social justice. But I decided and said just to sleep a lot this weekend. So
0: you, the, the title of The Atlantic piece would be my, my, my daughter gave me Omicron and I'm not sure I can forgive her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: That Perfect. should be the piece the the title of the Atlantic piece. My daughter and my daughter all of gave, our genders. Yeah, my daughter she her gave me the Omicron variant. No, it's we have to make it more dramatic than that. It has to be I I survived 2 years of the pandemic without catching COVID. Then my daughter gave it to me, and I'll never look at her the same.
1: <laughs> In fact, I'll never look at her. <laughs> yeah, I'll never look at her at all.
0: <laughs> my daughter, my daughter gave me Omicron, and I can I and I and I And I moved her out of the house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would She's be the Atlantic title.
0: Yeah, uh, John. What were what were your top three or four best albums of? of 2021, while, while we're on this,
1: yeah, why don't we do? Um, I don't really have them in order. No, don't just run down. down,
0: just give just run down the list real quick, and okay. I'll give you my top three or
1: four. Okay, I had um, Nick Cave kind of did uh-huh. a surprise release, so at least I wasn't expecting it. Nick Cave and Warren Ellis did Carnage, was very a good one, cheering kind of uh, album there, but it was very good, very dark. Um, there is a band, a post-punk band, because I always race race for the post-punk bands, uh, called Squid, and they released Bright Green Field, and uh, it's their debut album, and they're very good. And it's not just kind of rehashes of Joy Division, like a lot of those new post-punk bands were. And uh, the last one I'll drop is Floating Points, very artsy farts. Artsy Fartsy Electronica. Um, it was called Promises, and it had a lot of like uh, jazz bows contributing and, and the like. Uh, Pharaoh Sanders helps out. London Symphony Orchestra helps out. Uh, so it's, I feel 13% more pretentious just listening to it, which is very good for me. So everyone, everyone in the room
0: feels 13% more pretentious just listening to you. <laughs>
1: It's very esoteric and uh, arty, and no one else likes it in my house. So, win-win. How about uh, you? So, my, I'll I'll run down. So, I did I did a top
0: ten show. I did it was about an hour, and you would have liked it. I pulled sound clips, and everything was very professionally done. Nice. Um, so, like, very very quickly, my top five was I had Mom, Mommy Don't Spank Me by the drums, Daddy's Home by St. Vincent, which could have been higher. It was kind of an mm-hmm. event album. Uh, I had An Account of Exile Volume 1 by Trevor Sensor, who's just, if you haven't heard him, he's just, like, this gritty, grimy, Bob Dylan-esque, bluesy sing. Like oh, I did check that
1: out. Yeah, I haven't yeah, heard it's, that. Yeah,
0: it's really different. Uh, Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast, which you you know I'm a fan of. Knew
1: that would be on there. That was a very good one too, by the way.
0: Um, A Beginner's Mind by Supi and Stevens
3: uh-huh.
0: was it also was uh an Angelo D'Augustine was a kind of collaboration, and and it's weird because I was I was talking about this like the whole album is like a an homage to Jonathan Demi and his movies. Uh huh. And there's a song on there, um, which is kind of like. I think it's, I think it's Simmer and Shade is like a poem told from the point of view of Buffalo Bill, the serial killer in (laughs) Silence of the Lambs. Um, Then I had, uh, then my top five was, I don't live anymore, I don't live here anymore by the war on drugs. Um, Actually, no, that was my, that, that was, yeah, that was my third one, which that could have been my number, it almost could have been my number one if I had more time on it, but it's become probably the one I've listened to the most now. It's since like last year, my number two was long lost by Lord Huron, which was like my embarrassingly mainstream choice. Right. Um, But I went back and I I was looking at my old catalogs and they were like my, my top album of 2014. So I was like, okay. So, you know, I had to go back a little bit. Um, but that was my second one. The the song I Lied with, A- Alison Pontier, was my most listened to song of the year. I love her. I love her beyond words. <laughs> and uh, you'll probably love my number one album. It was Infinite Granite by Death Heaven. It was my number one album of the year.
1: Nice. Yeah, that so, was way up there for me. Also, I thought you might choose Snail Mail, but um, yeah. Too late. Uh, yeah, I liked yeah, it. It, there was it, I, I hadn't,
0: it. It took didn't have enough time to grow on me. And then uh-huh. I haven't really gone back and listened to it. I, I may do that. But yeah, Infinite, Infinite Granite was just awesome. Like yeah. it was just a complete upside down revelation. It's just like every track is just like an old shoegaze style influence. It's like, and I love the, it's kind of like in the category of black gays, which is like the right. coolest, coolest name for a genre of music. There's like nothing out there. Um, yeah, you could say black, can say black jazz, but people will get the wrong impression. Um, so I love like how it's just black gaze, And that was, my, that was my favorite one. Like, but those top, those top three, like War on drugs could have been up there. Lord Huron was probably my favorite album of the year until I just, Deaf Heaven just blew me away. Completely blew me away.
1: Yeah. There's so. a local band. The last show I saw before, uh, the COVID era. Um, local band called Holy Fawn, and they've made a lot of waves nationally. But yeah, they have a real black gaze tinge to them. You could tell they they're young guys too. It's like the lead singer looks like he's nineteen or something. But you could tell they were growing up on uh, listening to nothing but Deaf Heaven. So good stuff. Yeah, I was. I gave the Deaf Heaven album
0: to someone who's like has your taste, like just dark and post punk, and he he knew of them, and he's like, oh, I don't know, I don't really like American metal. He's kind of into like European black metal and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I gave it to him and then he just he got back to me like two weeks later. I haven't been able to stop listening to this. I'm so glad <laughs> you put gave this to me. Yeah, <laughs> like it this music did. snob and I was like, I fucking told you. Like I told you it was like the best album of the year. So yeah, those those are my kind of top ten. And so this is also the year that I discovered vinyl. I bought myself I finally bought myself a record player with speakers an older one. It works great. It's in perfect condition. And so pretty much everything that was on my top 10, I I purchased on vinyl except the drums. Um, And that's kind of how I gauged my top 10. If I bought you on vinyl this year and you weren't like Neil Diamond, then you probably (laughs) made my top 10. And so like presentation-wise, St. Vincent's Daddy's Home vinyl album is awesome. She does like this kind of, retro playboy like this late 70s playboy spread she's not new or anything unfortunately and <laughs> she does like just this grimy dirty like playboy spread in the album and stuff like that through like soft focus photography um it's like really her her vinyl presentation was just off the charts but i, I love her no matter what so um, but th- those are my albums. Now, now we have to just
1: awkwardly ship gear. Tell me what happened to your Packers last night, John. Uh, they were the Packers. Uh, what are the frustrations? Well, it's because really they clearly bad.
0: lost. They, they clearly lost because Aaron Rodgers wasn't vaccinated, as exactly. we've been
1: told. There's if, nothing if, else that contributed to that loss other than his refusal to get vaccinated and praising Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah he also to he also
0: threw he also threw shade at President of Applesauce brains <laughs> last week, and uh, so and we remember. know that we, so so according if you were on Twitter last night, every like fucking blue check journal was making the same like cringe pun about Aaron Rodgers losing and you know saying well he has plenty of time in the offseason to do his own research and. Yeah. What's funny is I noticed that that all kind of started when Joe Biden's comms people, the white house comms people were making these jokes. Ah, And like, if I saw the timeline, I forget it wasn't Bates. It was somebody else, but they all started making this, uh, like one guy said, well, for what it words, vaccines work. And a couple of them made it to, and then all of a sudden there was just like a flood of blue checks, making the same Aaron Rodgers vaccination jokes. And I'm kind of like, Yeah, the Slack channel's lit up a little bit on this one, I think. Um, Definitely.
1: And it was so pathetic because, yeah, the Packers, well, they play the level of their competition, and then they wait for the last-minute heroics from Aaron Rodgers to save them, and it doesn't always work. And they pissed away the game. But, yeah, I knew there would be this goofy vaccine thing. And it's just he was Emmanuel Goldstein for the day. It was like, okay, he's the villain. Uh, because uh, he doesn't believe the way we've told him to believe, and so he's the scapegoat. Ha ha! Look at him, mock him. It's just so. You know, it just so stupid. But it, but it Until... did make sense.
0: Like that was my thing. Like I, I don't really care. I'm not here to defend Aaron Rodgers' honor. I'm just kind of like your fucking joke is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Like. I guess, I guess they all the journals think that Aaron Rodgers plays special teams, and I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess you could put it on. He didn't have a good game. Fair enough. He didn't like throw touchdown passes, but nobody yeah. did in that game. It was I like know, it was, it was like game. negative seventy two degrees. You know, we were watching a live version of the thing. You know, like the only way to get through this was to like light a flare and hope someone sees you. And so I was just like, I. I like, I don't mind the jokes, but the joke didn't make sense. It was kind of like
3: it was Packers uh, special
0: them. teams that, you know, that did this. So I was just kind of like, how are you all making the same cringy joke that doesn't make sense? And it was kind of like yesterday. I'm, I'm just saying like when the when the, uh, the Chiefs racist and the Bills are playing, I was kind of like, well, clearly, clearly he missed that pass because Aaron Rodgers wasn't vaccinated. So. That's going to be one of my next. I'm just going to I'm just going to run this into the ground probably um, for for a while. Did did you see the the State Department notice out of Kiev that said, or Kiev or however you want to pronounce it said, um, please please leave the embassies because of uh, imminent military action or whatever, and also the spread of COVID. (laughs) I know, I know, and of course, and I just went, thanks Aaron Rodgers. This is Aaron Rodgers again.
1: Yeah, well, the Aaron Rodgers thing too. It just felt very much like binders full of women. It didn't make sense. It was kind of right. binders full of women? Question mark Really? And then that was the joke. And it's like, okay, that's that's not how jokes are constructed. But uh, good for you. And you can tell most of these people don't know what a football is. They you know they were thought they were making soccer jokes. I. It's like they know nothing about football, but, you know, we want to be in with the cool kids. Let's make the exact same yeah, joke that's, repeatedly that's, about Aaron Rodgers being a bad person.
0: That's what it felt like. It was all just so forced. And, like like I said, it was just cringe. It was just, like, complete yeah. cringe. And, that, like, somebody I saw, I saw one of my, uh, like, my podcast subvers or whatever said that this was, last night was their Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Because they haven't had a That's nerd like, prom in like three years, they haven't had a, right. they haven't had a uh, uh, a White House correspondence dinner where they could all get dressed up and get drunk and dance badly. And um, so last night was kind of like their their journal Super Bowl for the night. And I kind I kind of agree with that. Like they all just came together and you know we're gonna we're gonna dunk on this. Hall of first ballot hall of fame MVP Super Bowl winning quarterback. And it's like, eh, okay. I'm fine with it. I'm glad they made him mad enough to probably come back and play for my Broncos next season. So I'm I'm good with it. Like he probably if they all would have just been like, you know what, Aaron, yeah, this sucks. You're not great in the playoffs, but you had a good career, he probably would have just rode off. He probably just been oh, like, Thanks, yeah. you know, whatever. Now he's mad, and he's probably going to come back and, you know, probably lose lose for my Broncos in the playoffs next year. But I'll take it; I'm fine with
1: it. Well, he'll he'll do well for you. He's got another year, maybe two left in him, and uh, hopefully Jordan Love will get a little. Uh, I don't know; he's not going to be another Favre or Rodgers, but uh, hopefully he'll he's hold not up he's not going to have deal. any
0: he's not going to have anyone to throw to is the problem. I know.
1: <laughs> you Part guys are it, in that's full. A, that's a problem. A team can't be dominant for that long unless their star the quarterback is going to take a drastic pay cut. You know, it all the frustration about him saying, Oh, I don't have enough people to support me. I need an O line. I need better receivers. It's like you need a pay cut too. They they only have so much money, buddy. And I think State Farm is uh paying for your mortgage right now. So uh spread the wealth a little. But yeah. Yeah, we're not what, getting we're I not getting a State Farm ball. A, what's that? We're not getting a State Farm Bowl, thank God. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, disappointing. But I did not expect them to go all the way. And yeah, just the first half of that game, you're just like, eh. you don't even want to win, really. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: I saw a great comment last night with the Bills. The when the Bills lost, I forgot he said. I think this was Chuck Ross from the Daily Caller said. Bills fans shouldn't be upset. You should not want to win like Boston fans. <laughs> you, should, you should just be like, you should just accept this like Boston fans have, that this is how it's going right. to be for a few years. And then when you win, it makes it that much sweeter. Exactly. So, yeah, I just I, I was just amazed. At, like, just again, the amount of just the cringy vaccination. There was There was a couple I thought were okay, but then you saw like the same people making the same. And I was kind of like... I don't know if this is coordinated, but there's some there's some slack shit going on here, like they're all from every outlet, and it was just like it was just it was like the 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 the, the x wing guys you know there's too many of it and uh, I, <laughs> when I Bill Crystal off, I couldn't log off, I just I had to look at I had to look at how bad all of it like actually was so and when
1: Bill Crystal starts to demonstrate his oh depth my how many God, charts, you're like, this is over. This is beyond over.
0: Oh yeah, who? For those of you who aren't on the Twitter sphere, I need to find this one real fast. So I need to scroll back. This this is like this was the height of it. Well, then there was John Harwood who said vaccines work at Lambeau, <laughs> and everyone was like, "What is this? This this isn't yeah. even a pun. It's not even a joke. Right. He just like he just like came out and went vaccines work at Lambeau Field where they play the football." And it's like where they play the game with the oblong ball that <laughs> you must run into the field and kick or something. And you're, that's how you just knew you were right. Like none you of these people You
1: engage the foot to the ball on the iron made of grid. Like yeah, none just, of
0: these like, people actually watch football. It's the same guys going, <laughs> uh, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> and you just go, <laughs> you've never actually watched a football game. Here's right. Bill Crystal for, for the listeners in the crowd. He <laughs> says, uh, in NFL playoffs number one seeds lose on field goals as time expires, set up by interception and blocked punt. <laughs> Republicans favor Republicans favored in twenty twenty two can be beaten by alert play, capitalizing on their mistakes. Never Trumpers can intercept passes and block punts. Can Democrats kick the field goals? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Like, how I think that that was it. I didn't see too many. I didn't see too many after that. I think that that was the immediate. You know, your dad just made the meme uncool.
1: Right. He walked into the party with all the cool kids and um, did his riff on the joke, and he was like, <laughs> "Oh, look at the time. Hey, we gotta <laughs> head out, but uh, it's been great."
0: Yeah. Are you? What do you? Are you leave? Oh, you're talking about us. Um, did, what did you do this weekend to? Uh, Relieve your stress from voting rights not passage. We, oh, we, was... we saw, we saw, we saw. said to go have a margarita and do some kickboxing courses. Um, other suggestions could have been visit a day spa or call the police on a black person. That would have been a good thing to do to get your aggression out. Maybe, All maybe. The Zaki favorites. Did you maybe like do some binge shopping or like online shopping with Anthropology? Well. Online. Did you put, did you you put know, anything there is, in
1: posture? There is a pandemic. There is, a, there is an epidemic, pandemic of the unvaccinated right now, and I wanted to avoid them. But you know me, I just went to my aerial class, you know, used to be pole dancing, but uh, we sophisticates call it aerial now. And uh, then I went to the, the bar class to uh, de stress. And then just did a hot stone massage for the most of Sunday um, yeah. at a local resort spa. So it was it was very relaxing. Um, you know, my Volvo was in the shop, as everyone knows, so I had to use the Range Rover. But uh, yeah, it was very very relaxing. Um, just hanging out with I, the girls.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I bought a Labradoodle. Um, <laughs> I I I too sat in my car. I sat in my Subaru, and. Um, I, I turned I turned up Billie Eilish really loud and just did a lot of screaming. Um, she's just great, isn't she? She's brave. I I did I did those things. Yes, I I did I did a, I did those things this weekend to blow off some steam. Um, yeah, I I I wanted to take an orange therapy course. Um, but the the places that I was going to go to orange therapy don't require masks, so, so I I didn't I. I did not want to go to, uh, like you said, I didn't want to go to the bar course because I didn't want to be around unmasked people.
1: Well, um, I'm just glad we got that two for one deal on the Pelotons. So yeah, we can work yeah. out to girlfriend.
0: It's a good time to buy the, the Pelotons now. It's, yeah. you know, because the, the stock is going down. Um, so yeah, I just, I just did like a lot of angry metropolitan white woman stuff to, uh, to get my, my aggression out because the, uh, the voting rights legislation didn't pass thanks to a, a cis white man and, and a, uh, a, a gender betrayer in Kirsten, whatever her name is in Arizona. So, yeah,
1: I ran into her though. Cause I had to restock up on fair trade kombucha at Whole Foods and I did yeah. run the Kirsten cinema and, uh, I gave her this, you know, I let her have it through, you know, a passive aggressive look and I kind of cut in front of her in line. She had this ratty bag to bag her groceries in instead of, I don't know, it's probably filled with disease and COVID and things like that. But I did um, get my kombucha on girlfriend and uh, it was uh, very good and the rest of the people looked disappointedly at her. um, So it was a good outing.
0: Yeah, I noticed. I noticed when I was at the Trader Joe's, uh, there weren't as many people as upset as I was. Um, and then I, I also took. I also went to Nextdoor, and I very loudly was just screaming at people, "What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you?" And you know, that's just kind of how I took my aggression out. I feel better today. Um, you know, I, I I I went to the sex therapist too. Um, who told me to relax not not with um, my husband just alone he he's he's been out of town for a while um so yeah i did okay i also i put some things on poshmark that felt good um so oh, just i'm just I'm hoping we can that. get through this the end of yeah, the, it was the end that. of democracy and you know i was thankful that we're on the eve of the end of democracy and um gensaki the the, the saki bomb Press secretary that I love so much just told us to go treat ourselves, so I did that. Treat
1: yourself. Yeah, I went uh, a ahead. lot of money on Goop, but that's not really out of the ordinary. Um, but uh, I think my chakras were better aligned. Um, I got out some aggression as well by uh, going to some local. Places with uh, extended trips on the elevator just to patrol, make sure everybody was wearing their masks, and uh, shaming those who weren't. So that's a good way to get out aggression, and you're protecting the health of your community. Yeah, I
0: hung. I also I also put an extra Black Lives Matter sign in my yard.
1: Oh, um, good,
0: you do care. Yeah. You're down with a struggle.
1: That's something I appreciate about you. Yes,
0: I now have I now have six of them. Um, Absolutely. And uh I've I've also been placing them in some of my neighbors' yards. So the uh the Andersons down the street took took theirs or some or someone stole it. I I was sure to put that on next door as well. So But that's that's what I did. Um I'm gonna jump in here real fast. Matt, you're up. What did you do? What which privileged white woman activity did you do this weekend to get your aggression? Did you post any Instagram stories?
4: drove to the cat skills stayed in the Airbnb bnB and complained about federalism
0: oh, that's a, that's a good one yeah I a, a good a good you can't beat a good drive to the cat skills
4: um, yeah we can get, drink white claws in the ride too so oh that's that's wonderful that's wonderful Do you have anything it, else on your mind Matt yeah one quick question and then a comment about your last podcast so um oh great do you think it's riskier to go to a kickboxing class and and be basically led to death by being pushed off a subway platform in new york city or to get omnicron which one is riskier from a death standpoint
0: well it depends are you wearing a mask when you get shoved in front of a subway train yes you are definitely Um, it's because we know that that lowers the risk. If you're wearing a mask and you get shoved in front of a subway train in, in New York, um, we know that probably that's going to lower the risk, even though you're probably still going to be listed as a COVID death, um, in in New York city. Um, so I don't know, John, John, do you have an opinion on that one?
1: I'm going to need the choices again. I'm sorry. I was just back on goop. I needed to upload a TikTok. Um, there's this wonderful charity that's supporting if you do a certain dance. Uh, Please uh, restate the question. Make sure I can weigh in.
4: Right now, if you're a New Yorker, are you at more risk taking the subway or getting Omicron? Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, my. I haven't ridden the subway in years. Um, I usually have drivers um, that I just call. But I, I think it's really important. I like what Bill de Blasio has done. I'm sorry a radical right-winger was elected as the new mayor. But um, I think he's really improved the safety and sanitation on the subway. So those people um, should be very happy with the safety and security of a subway trip, from what I hear. That's what I read in uh, the New York Magazine and the New York Times, of course.
4: Yeah, Jerry still. Hey, Miller, a quick comment on your in your last podcast. Life. You are talking about how there's never really, like, how this older generation would react um, if they had some sort of, like, coronavirus or pandemic during their, um, kind of, like, back in the day. And you're talking more about, like, boomers. Yeah. Well, there was, yeah. and not to be racist, but there was the Hong Kong flu in 1968 that took till about 1969 during Woodstock to um, kind of burn off. And it I've burned through about, everyone. What's with, with that? No,
0: just it burns through everyone at Woodstock.
4: Yeah. And I've talked to people like, you know, who lived through it. Plenty of people I know, my father, his friends, and they said that kids stayed home, um, but they didn't really do much. They just lived with it. And if you look at the data, about 100,000 people in the U.S. died from the Hong Kong flu. And the population was about 200 million at the time, so I'm sure they didn't collect as good as data as I did now. And they just kind of lived with it. And I've heard that when kids were sick, they stayed home from school, but they didn't mask, they didn't go crazy, and they didn't have a 24-hour news cycle. So there is precedent to this actual pandemic. Just no one wants to talk about that.
0: Yeah, we're going we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to find a vaccine for cable news. I think.
4: I agreed, Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe dig into that Hong Kong flu a little bit.
0: OK, I was waiting. I was waiting for John to weigh in, but he, he's just doing his thing. Uh, Donna, you're up. What what angry white woman thing did you do this weekend to uh, work off your aggression from voting rights legislation not passing? Uh Oh, she's gone. John's gone. No, I'm here. Oh, OK, this is where are we I, I really want to hear from Donna. It's always a sausage fest in these things. So it's be, it's good if we have an... Oh, she's gone. Here's Eric. How you doing, Eric? Welcome back.
2: How's it going? I saw that um, that uh, Business Insider is uh, uh, giving praise for like Ruben Galetto, like, I guess the primary challenger to uh, cinema. Um, yeah. He's been but, all
0: over CNN, too, now, as well.
2: So... Like, I mean, like for John, like is it just me, or does the both the Republicans and the Democrats seem like they want to be in a suicide pact together in Arizona? Like, or, or, or is it maybe just me? Oh,
0: but
1: they, yeah, you feel this one,
2: John. This is your
0: neighborhood.
1: Yeah, they're definitely in a suicide pact. Um, I've written for National Review, kind of about what happened to the state GOP. Basically, it was the McCain machine ran everything. Once he was out of the picture, his opponents took over, and over the past 20 years or so, they kind of turned from kind of small government tea party to more Q friendly, let's say, um, kookier. And there's no, they have no counterweight yet, and that counterweight is developing. They can't win a statewide office. This Ruben Gallego can't win a statewide office. And um, I'm just in this weird position where you know the local paper is constantly bashing Kirsten Cinema as some right-wing radical. And I have to jump in and say she's actually the future of the party if you just shut up and listen to her. Um, she is uh, – Biden's ticket out of this, mansion, and her, um, can easily get support of enough people in the middle. So, yeah, they're just – I think both sides here are crazy, and they do nothing but up the stakes. When most of the voters are kind of center-right in Arizona, and you could tell that through Kirsten Sinema's uh, entire background, she was my representative as well, I voted against her every time, but every mailer she had was just seas of American flags and veterans and smiling happy people of, you know, all these military families, Um, she knows uh, how to market herself uh, to the middle here in Arizona, and the middle is what wins elections, so, um, personally, I hope they have a miserably bruising primary because if cinema isn't taken out, uh, she is going to be a major force um, among Democrats for the rest of her life if she's young. Um, so, it would be kind of funny to see Gallego screw this up and uh, watch the Democrats cry about whatever Republican might replace her.
0: So, real fast – I'm re- I'm looking at Steve Herman from VOA News. Joe Biden is uh he's he's meeting with a competition council, and a reporter asked him a question, and the, before they could cut the mic, he was heard saying, "What a stupid son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> this is this is dangerous rhetoric on the on the anniversary that of Daniel Pearl. A U.S. Yep. president is attacking a free and fair press. This, it's, it's really, this, is, uh, this is this is this is dangerous. This is dangerous. This is a dangerous time in America where democracy is in peril, and you have a U.S. president using his office to chastise reporters who are just trying to do their job. This is sickening. democracy is in peril. This is sickening.
1: Oh, that's so great! And Joe Biden, uh, Mister. Uh, self away or calling someone else stupid. <laughs> uh, kind of beyond me.
0: I'm 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 shocked and triggered and shaken and shook and this is unacceptable. Andrew
1: He's just nervous. He's in a bad mood because he's waiting to see uh, videos of this upcoming weekend of Ukrainians clinging to airplane wheel wells.
0: Yeah, um, I hope they have I hope they put handlebars on these ones. I know. I hope they learned from their mistakes in the last time.
1: Right. Make it even more successful. Than the Afghanistan <laughs> withdrawal. <laughs> yes. Andrew, what's going on? You're up, uh, guys. You got to give
0: me a second to catch my breath from that joke. Uh, uh, a joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I, uh, I. see nothing funny about this.
1: <laughs> democracy is in peril.
4: Oh, uh, speaking of someone who is so worried about democracy, peril, How is?
1: Is Bill Crystal just been lifted this high because of Irving? Was he I, I'm 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 a stupid millennial so I wasn't around even during the I wasn't even really paying attention during the Bush years or even the early Obama years but was Bill Crystal ever really an intellectual giant that Pete, so many people have always described him as or is he cuz how does the one someone like that become something of just like this stupid boomer reply guy that you see in that stupid NFL tweet?
0: Well, John's the boomer here, so I'll have him address this one. Hey
1: now, Gen X baby. Um, I I think um, Bill Crystal's influence is because he wanted to be Mr. Influencer. I don't think anybody viewed him as some intellectual giant, but he would host exclusive dinner parties and uh, build a relationship with the actual intelligent people in the party. And uh, basically, if you wanted to get connected with the – right-wing intelligentsia in the beltway, he kind of went through Bill. And so he got a lot of cachet of surrounding himself or insinuating himself, um, into a lot of different conservative networks. But I don't, I'm not aware of any original thought he's ever had over the course of his entire life. And, uh, people don't respect him anymore. So he doesn't have that pull. Um, he is someone who has made a lot of money off selling access to others. And, uh, his time has kind of run out, I, I think, and I don't know if he's realized that yet. I don't know how many years you can um, inveigh against January 6th when uh, everybody in America has completely moved on. I don't know. But it, it does um, – the way you heard Jonah or oh, the stupid right-wing um,
4: self-importance, but it does feel like there was – at least when you hear about it, like that he
1: wasn't this obviously – Sheep,
4: or I don't know what the word right word for it is, but uh, thank you. He's
1: a t- lot more obvious, and I think um, he needs to be. Um, I don't understand. You know, basically, it's just he's working for funding for the bulwark and make sure that he can have his uh lake house and uh, live to way- which he is accustomed. Georgetown parties, yeah, yeah, yeah. So There's there is a level of there is a level of cliche to
0: cocktail circuit parties, and you're just doing this for the the book part. I know Laura Ingram likes to drive this into the ground, so I try to avoid it. But there is also an element of reality there, and I mean, and someone like Laura Ingram is part of that. You know, don't it's funny when like these millionaire pundits on Fox or anywhere else condemn the cocktail circuit party because they're all part of that as Carlson well. Was, was basically the the very definition of that for so long. He was the, what I've seen. It's, it's the Georgetown, it's the Georgetown book party, speech party circuit. And as I've said in the past, and I've said this on my podcast for people who haven't paid attention to this is I remember a few months ago, there was the Sora Bomari David French debate moderated by Ross Duhat. And that's great. These are all smart guys. And they're all talking. And I'm thinking, who, who the fuck is this for? Like, Uh, There's for the people in the room, that's great, but I'm kind of like, no wonder like the average right-leaning conservative just tuned all of this out. There's a lot of people who are in this to hear the sound of their own voice and, and read the exquisiteness of their own words. And somebody like Crystal very much fits into that. They were more concerned with fitting in on the Meet the Press panel, you know, just trying to get along to go along, that, you know, I think eventually the audience just tuned out. And, yeah, it's it's crazy to see that kind of, like, tweet coming from Bill Kristol. I'm just, like, blown away by it. <laughs> like, how, how can I fit a metaphor about football in with the 2022 midterms without being Hans Mulman getting hit in the groin with it? You saw from- um, commercial, um, t- tw- tweets about those, huh? Yeah, it's I, I just don't get it. I think John's right about this. Uh I, I think you have an older generation of conservative pundit like Bill or somebody like David Frum who is essentially just coasting, you know, the airplane's in the air and they're just gonna land it here in a few years and you know, it's I think j I think John's right. It's mainly about securing funding for the websites and stuff. And it's certainly not, you know, caring about I think trying to win people back if you don't like Trump that much then what are you offering besides we hate Trump it's not going to work you need to offer alternatives and you know I think they've just given up on that so and the thing
1: which um, is weird is they they just All they talk about is Trump. I got bored of reading about Trump when he was in office and (laughs) it's like he's not in office anymore. And I just think a lot of people, it's a lot easier to get hits. If you focus on personalities instead of policies, it's a hell of a lot easier because you don't need to do any research and you can just rant about this is the bad guy. This over, over here is supporting the bad guy. So shun this writer um, but it's just – it's so painfully boring and it's it's beyond what anybody gives a crap about. And it's one of the reasons back in, I don't know, early 2010s, uh, there were several job openings in D.C. and people were like, oh, yeah, you got to move out here. I'm like, can I do it from Arizona? No, you got to be in here, but then you'll be connected. And I'm like, I can't do that. I just – you see what it does to people's brains. they They just get broken there. And uh, there's a couple who can rise above it and still be somewhat sane, but not too many. It's like, I'm. It's good to be in a part of the country where you actually find out what people actually give a crap about, and it's not what the argument of the day is on Twitter or what you know. And you can't. And you can't
0: And you can't complain when someone like Milo Yiannopoulos fills the void that you left. Yep. Um, if you stop talking to these people, they're going to start listening to who is the one talking to them. And if that's Charlie Kirk going from campus to campus to campus to campus, then that's then that's what's going to happen. Um, so anyway, that's a, that's a good topic. That's one that everyone just now This everyone in here is going to want this to just turn into a crystal shit fest. Um, <laughs> so we're, I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to do that. So, I mean, I don't mind fielding once in a while, but whatever. T, you're up. Is this about Bill Crystal? I bet it is. Now he's like, "Shit, I can't ask about the. I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to skip over T because I accidentally skipped over him last time. Like he was the first one I ax- I hit the wrong button on, and like sent him to the back of the room. I'll give him ten more seconds. We're only going to go about an hour today, guys. I did. I was so fucking brain loopy after the two hours last week. Me and John were talking about this before we opened up the room. And it's just like, kind of like talk radio, and it's, uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of exhausting. I I, I like doing this, but okay. Yeah. I'm
1: gonna do a free ad here because Steve invited me to do this, and I've just set up i uh, I'm doing a show tomorrow night at uh, <sighs> local time, six p.m. Eastern. He's night, he's using my
0: ad-free room to plug his so own exactly, thing. I'm joking. So. Yeah.
1: So John. We'll yeah, so John, so John
0: is start. John will be also be on call in. And he will be doing a. Is it Ricochet or is it just you?
1: Yeah, it's Ricochet. Um, it's called Nightcap, and uh, it's just like a wrap up of the news.
0: Oh, that's that's. Not, uh, and what time are you going to be doing that?
1: Uh, Seven p.m. Eastern.
0: Okay, right so now,
1: Colin. I'll I'll try to I'll try to
0: join. No promises, but Opie. Opie had like the longest question
5: last week, so hopefully he doesn't match it this week. Well, I'm sorry for being such a big fan, Steven. <laughs> I'm sorry I've been a listener since I was a freshman in college. I'm so sorry.
6: <laughs>
5: what, what's going on, Opie? What do you want? Uh, I had my uh angry uh, moment when I, me and Mateo prayed in front of the AOC mural by my house. Did you paint a climate change is real mural? as well. Uh we did Black Lives we did uh, Black Lives Matter and Climate Change. or yeah. well, more uh climate racism, but you know, you had to get both of them in there. Yes. Uh real quick thing, um mostly this is just for you, Stephen. Does this Eli Brimmer guy have any shot in Colorado? And or does it making it competitive? And I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on this. Uh a friend of mine brought something up and she works for the party in she said that we will be able to tell whether the GOP is serious about governing on who they pick as house speaker. Is it going to be, uh, um, dumb and dumber McCarthy, or is it going to be Steve Scully's?
0: Wow. Um, I, I, don't know about this guy in, uh, in Colorado, Eli Bremer for Senate. Um, uh, he maybe, uh, the, the, interesting thing is Ed Perlmutter deciding not to run, and if anybody knows Colorado politics, he's been in that seat since 2007 and he's a younger guy. He's not a guy who has like more national, you know, uh, I guess aspirations is the word I'm looking for her. Um, so, I mean, he could maybe run for governor, I guess, if Polis, you know, gets plucked for, you know, a, a spot, but um, the, the, Ed, the Ed Perlmutter Leaving his seat is pretty telling as to what looks like is coming in November and especially in Colorado, which is a, you know, a more bluish state now. Um, Just, of course, with Polis, who seems to me from everything I've read is still acting kind of quasi reasonable um, because he probably sees uh, what it looks like as well. And he's just like, I'm not masking people up. Um, so I, I really don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that either of Colorado Senate seats are probably in jeopardy. Uh, the Promoter House seat that was a Biden plus seven district last year during the election, and it's now a Biden plus three. So it's a toss-up for all intents and purposes. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, what was what was your other? Oh, the House race. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see people like. At least the phonic challenged McCarthy. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad at this point. Um, I, I don't really care about that. I'm I've said it. I'm not a fan of McCarthy. I, I think that what was interesting, McCarthy was on Fox News last week, and I think we talked about this, where he's talking about you know once we take back the House, we're going to talk more about the capital gains taxes and whatever. And there was plenty of like Rachel Boulevard. And a few others from the examiner and federalist that were like, nobody gives a shit about this anymore. You're you're, you're like 2005 wants their talking points back. You know, like parents want to fucking know if they can send their kid to school without a mask. That's where we're at. And that's pretty much everything that should be talking about as well as school choice and just getting rid of the teachers unions. That should be it at this point. Um, I saw Bill Burton. There's there's a guy running for mayor of L.A. And I guess he's running as a Democrat, but he's pretty much like a Republican. He's like he's a, he's a I think he was a, a Trump appointed judge and a few other things. And Bill Burton, who's a who's a pretty well known Democrat operative, he's like, I can't believe this guy thinks he has a chance in LA as mayor. And I'm like, You guys keep masking fucking kids and you watch what's gonna happen. So uh the, the Colorado Senate, I, I don't really know. Um there's a there's a couple of interesting races happening there that you know I wouldn't shock me to see Ed Mutter's seat go red. Um, but the house race, a uh, house speaker race, I, I don't know. I think McCarthy will get a challenge or two. Um, and then we could just fucking end up with speaker Trump just to like satisfy everybody. So wh- who knows, John thoughts on McCarthy. Speakers, yeah, police, my update Schabonics. on Colorado
1: is over the summer I went to Leadville and I was tempted to move there. So that's my political insight to the state.
0: Is Leadville is like a is is a ghost town. It's like a ghost mining town. You have the beard going. You could go be a miner.
1: I know. Yeah, I'm getting that that very kind of creepy old prospector look rocking. So uh, I think I would fit in with the locals there. I need uh, to carry oxygen around with me because I think the elevation is thirteen hundred feet higher than Everest or something. But ah, uh, uh, you get down. used to it.
0: Just yeah, have like a so- bottle of just have a bottle of bourbon and you get used to it. You'll, you'll pass out and won't recover for seven days, but you'll get used to it. Yeah, after a while. Joseph,
3: what's going on? Hey, guys. Um, I'm just kind of I, – I kind of had this, like, thought today, uh, especially about, like, you know, blogging in, like, the late 2000s, uh, especially because I was listening to Joe Rogan speak with um Jim, James Lindsay, and, like, Lim's, uh, James Lindsay was kind of, like, hinting – well, speaking on the fact that, like, before, like, social media kind of, like, blew up. In the, like, the late 2000s, you had like most like these like liberal feminists being relegated to like, you know, blogs. And now with the explosion of social media, you're now starting to see like those like radical feminist ideas you would used to see on those blogs, like sort of explode. And not only social media, but also in like, you know, mainstream media, like how many times you want to see how many times like you see, like sort of like um, that one, that one random fem radical feminists, you know, bitching about, like, the patriarchy and, like, say, New York Times or Washington Post or Fox or Vice, so I'm kind of, like, asking like, perspective on, like, YouTube, like, gentlemen, because I'm pretty sure, like, you've had your fair share of, like, you know, blogs before, like, places like Twitter or, like, you know, Facebook blew up.
0: John? This is kind of, this, this is kind of your area, too. I just defer to John on all the older questions. Tell us about... Tell us about the early days.
1: <laughs> Way back when. Uh, well, what's the subject here? Sorry, I'm getting some interference with uh, family matters. So
3: he's got a, he's getting corona again.
1: Yeah, I'm being <laughs> given uh, the next variant, which hasn't been named yet.
3: How much did like the ra- how much did,
1: like, Joseph, sort of the- the-
3: just quickly? How much so? How much is how much of the radical like sort of the radical po- progressive politics you would see that where relegated to, like, strictly blogs and, like, the late 2000s blow up and, like, today's social media and, like, um, well, like the mainstream journalist outlets, you know?
1: Yeah, it's um, kind of tough. I was there when uh, this thing called web blogging or war blogging came up. But um, it's <clears> – <throat> what's weird is the progressives really turn through it pretty quickly because you cannot – Kind of my best argument when I've chatted with, like, local progressive activists is you got to pace yourself because all that just outrage and anger 24-7, you see it on the right as well, you just get burned out. You're a hot name for a year or two, and then you just completely freak out, and uh, some people I've known have literally had heart attacks because they're so upset all the time. So I don't really get it. I, I think the main thing that progressive activists are doing is they're just always looking for a bad guy or bad woman to pile hate on, Emmanuel Goldstein style. And that's really the only play they have, because otherwise they have to talk about inflation and Ukraine and Afghanistan and uh, coronavirus and all these things. And they have no answers, so they just have to Well, and then you have the bulwark types who are just going back to the wall for January 6th because they have nothing else to talk about other than trying to demonize various people. So um, people, the online prog activists usually kind of have a short shelf life. They get popular for a while, then they just kind of burn out or they've crossed the outrage line where even people on their side are like, yeah, let's kind of back away slowly and find somebody new.
3: Oh, Okay, that makes sense.
1: What John said. <laughs> it reminds me back when Taft was president. Why don't you uh, pull up a chair and set a spell?
0: <laughs> no, I agree. I, I agree that there's there's just this constant need to make someone the main character uh, of the day or of the week, and
1: that's it, all. It's topics it's, it's, it's a it's, it's a, a hit it's this person.
0: Yeah, it's an attachment to attention. It's an attachment to your cause. Um. It's an attachment to we we must, you know, we must have a united front. I mean, if you look at like if you just saw what happened with Barry Weiss this weekend, um, I, I would say 70 percent of the people screaming about Barry Weiss this weekend probably agree with her. They just they just don't like Barry Weiss and they don't like Barry Weiss because their social circle doesn't like Barry Weiss. And their friend at The New York Times thinks that she was a Slack channel poor and so they, you know, it's just, you can't sit with us. That's all it is. It really is that simple with these people. Um, speaking of like, you know, the cocktail circuit party, it's just, if you're not in their happy hour circle at the Watch Post, New York times, or, you know, daily beast or Vox or whatever, it, whatever it might be, it doesn't even matter if you have a sensible take that you agree with, because if you sit at that table or if you're online, if you even show even the bit of. Some 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 things to think about from Barry Weiss, and you play the clip from Bill Maher. All, all suddenly your fucking mentions are a garbage fire. From or you get DMs from friends going, you know that's you know, you really think that or you think, and then it's like I don't want to deal with this shit. No, of course Barry Weiss is a bitch. She's stupid. I I, I hate her. Sorry. So it, it really is that it's it's really that simple.
2: Hi Connor. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, thanks for doing this. Um, I just had sort of like one question uh, after watching that video that uh, got retweeted today of the women um, screaming at that guy in the elevator.
0: Oh you... God! It's so good. It's so it was, good.
2: I I honestly uh, was crying laughing. It, it, it was just the, I feel like the perfect encapsulation of so many things going on in our in our culture, um, and and in America today. <clears throat> But do you think with those, those types that there's actually that legitimate fear of, of catching COVID and dying uh, or it's just the, you know, hey, like uh, Nancy, I screamed at this guy in the elevator uh, today and then, you know, Nancy pats her on the back and they drink their uh, yerba mate and then they tweet, uh, you know, I stand with Ukraine um, a few times just to make sure that the Ukrainians uh, know that they're in support of it. Um, or do you think it's like a combination of both?
1: I think it's a social outgrouping slash ingrouping that people like to do to show that they're on the side of the righteous and the virtuous. Um, they don't understand the science, or at least they don't appear to by the rhetoric. And I just know personally, like extended family, um, the most aggressively shrieky when it comes to masks, boosters, et cetera, um, is someone who got COVID and it was mild in March of uh, 2020, right? They were like one of the first people to get it. And so they're immune and they're the ones who lecture everyone else. It, it's uh, all to say it's a, a much older person um, who had almost, you know, no adverse effects from it, just felt like normal flu. And that was about it. And they're the most virtuous in running uh family group chats uh, criticizing other far-flung cousins and whatnot for not getting the vaccine or whatever. So um, it is just kind of this weird moral superiority, and to get more philosophical, it's for people who don't really subscribe to a traditional religion, and this gives them a sense of morality and right and wrong um, that they can call hashtag science. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point.
2: Um and I mean I I just remembered this from watching the video. The woman actually does start to pull down her mask at one point to scream at the guy, um, which I thought was uh once again just that perfect uh picture of, you know, that sort of like attitude. Um but yeah, I I, I definitely I, I feel like the notion of it sort of being a substitute for, you know, some like Virtue, you know, virtuous life, some higher power or something along those lines to sort of prove, like, hey, like I'm a good person. Um, especially when they start screaming, "Hey, you know, Black Lives Matter," at this guy, uh, you're like, how does this have anything to do with?
0: After, uh, after she though? thumps him with the phone, <laughs> yeah. she like, she like just fucking thumps him with the phone, <laughs> and and the guy in the video is uh is is an African American, and she just like. Thumps him, and then she starts screaming "Black Lives Matter," and that's kind of when I lost it. I was just like, "This is a, this is amazing," and they all look like Elizabeth Warren. It's fucking weird. Uh,
2: awesome Warren thanks. factory of them
0: it. coming out wearing masks or something. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I kind of agree with John. I don't know what it is at this point. Uh, I, I said this morning with the view. Where they said, "I'm never going to wear i ma- I'm going to wear a mask on the subway for as for as long as wherever." And there's this idea that, you know, the pandemic. And I say this on Twitter is because this this pandemic is going to have to be ripped away from these people. It's you know it's an abusive relationship that they've gotten used to, and especially and and I've talked about and I've written about this that it's probably unhealthy. That the whole country, they think the whole country should be governed like their, you know, their social circle in New York City. And this kind of goes back to like Jen Psaki talking about kickboxing margaritas. And it's like, you know, if you people are trying to give us the cliche of what a bubble life is, you're doing a really good job of it. And you have like uh, the view host saying, you know, I'm going to never ride the subway without a mask. That's great. Do that. I don't care. And I don't think anyone else really cares if you decide to, you know, get on the subway and wear a mask, provided you're not shoved in front of one. And I think that that's fine. But they're also demanding compliance from anyone who's just like, hey, you know, it's, it's fine if you want to wear a mask. No, you're going to have to wear one too because I don't feel safe. And, it's, and you just, you, if someone said that to you, you look at them and just ask them if they're fucking nuts. And there really is. If you read when the Omicron variant happened, three, three or four weeks ago. And if you read nothing but the Atlantic, you would think that this was the bubonic plague that was here to just wipe out, you know, the entire Eastern seabird. Oh God, don't tease. Um, And that, that really is, there is this, this media diet. The New York times today just did a story about this group of, again, like raging white privileged white women who just would get together in a field and scream. And it's kind of they don't understand, you know, for all the lectures of privilege and all the lectures of, you know, all of this shit. When you look at who is their media diet is geared toward the Atlantic, New York Times, Washington Post, all of this stuff. We got obviously Chris Saliza hoarding covid tests um, and, you know, CNN's in that where, you know, these are people who they're not going to let. It's pretty evident they're not going to let this go at this point. And that's the point Barry Weiss was making. It's going to have to be ended for them. And probably that's going to look like a 42 state electoral wipeout of, you know, a second Trump term or more, you know, more than likely a Ron DeSantis first term, which is day one. He walks in, uh, gets rid of the federal mask mandates, and then you're going to have a fight like you're seeing in Virginia with Youngkin, where you're going to have Delta Airlines say, well, we're not lifting the mandate and I think you just shrug and go, okay. Then no one's going to fucking fly in airplanes, and so it's it's not going to. This isn't going to end tomorrow. It's not going to end next week. I think there's a good chance it'll end before the midterms. Um, and but it's it's more than likely. People ask when is nor I have people ask me, you know, when is normal? When is this shit going to stop? When is this going to end? And I just say noon, January twentieth, twenty twenty five is likely when all of this shit stops.
1: And the Democrats are going to have a really tough time walking it back because they, they don't. Sure yeah, they, they don't know how to let go of, of it. it be an eternal party struggle because a lot of people are going to try to correct pre midterms, and the the uh, backlash to that is going to be so epic. It's just yeah. Going they to don't. Be, they don't know. They and I and I just wrote
0: this last week. They they have put themselves in a corner because if they. They're going to get wiped out electorally because parents who really aren't political are like, I'm tired of sending my six year old to school in a fucking face mask, which now yeah. they're doubling down and saying it. Now it has to be in kn 95 and it has to be tighter on their face. I'm like, y- 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 the reason they can't do this is because if they decide to remove mask mandates, it means the, the grim reaper in Florida was right the whole time. Yeah. And it, it means Glenn Youngkin was right the whole time. And they, because they politicized this, they made this a political football they can't let go of it. It's, they're going to take it. They're going to drag this out as long as possible because they know that if they suddenly just say, and Biden knows, if suddenly it's get rid of mandates, get rid of masks, we're going to learn to live with this, you're going to get, you know, Death Santis in Florida just shrugging his shoulders and being like, I guess, I guess I'll pl- make my inauguration speech now. And they know it. So it's going to have to be ripped away from them. It's that simple. Hi, Melissa. Melissa, did you have a did you have a uh, a hearty box of wine this weekend to to get your outrage out on aggressiveness out on uh, voting rights legislation? <laughs> I'm actually
7: a teetotaler. I've been my entire life. Oh, not addicted. I just don't drink.
0: But you didn't have margaritas or boxed wine or or, or no, anything. No, no white no, cloths.
7: No, nope, lots of English breakfast tea, but that's about it.
0: That's kind of a <laughs> that's kind of a white woman thing. Did you did you take yeah. a photo of it and put it on your Instagram? No. Oh no. Okay. Have mm-hmm.
1: hashtag self care on there. Because <laughs> it doesn't no. count as tea unless you do that?
7: Oh my goodness, no. That is not my that is not my style at all. Not what <laughs> none whatsoever. Um,
3: What's so on your mind?
7: um well a couple of things i am calling from the very free state of florida just nice to say today that you can't say freezing without free <laughs> because it's cold <laughs> i don't i so don't it's know what, how you in people... Florida?
0: it's like what 55 right now in florida
7: yeah but it was 37 at my house this morning and literally the power went out for 4 hours because of weather issues like florida really can't handle it <laughs> It's kind of funny. Why did DeSantis do
1: this? That's what I'm <laughs> Exactly. I will exactly. say, being an Arizona. Glenn I Youngkin did, called him and asked. Yeah, I did spend one winter in Orlando back in the Navy, and uh, it was definitely colder in Florida than it gets in Arizona, I would say. Well, you know, I
7: have a funny story about that because I actually flew into a congressional district um, to talk to a campaign several years ago um, in Arizona. I've lived in Florida my entire life. I've actually never seen snow. Um, and so I checked the weather forecast for the Phoenix airport, assuming that like in Florida, if you know what the weather's going to be at the airport, you can pack accordingly. And then we drove up a mountain.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where you okay. get snow.
7: <laughs> yeah, it was not okay. Well, we had we had ice, no snow, but just ice and very, very cold weather. Um, so a couple of things I wondered well, first off, I, on a personal note, just because I'm from the town formerly known as Champa Bay, um, Stephen, do you think that my Lightning can do it a third year in a row?
0: Uh, geez, no, I don't think they can. Okay. They'll be right there. All right, just wondering. They'll, 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 they will, they'll, they'll be in the top three or four. Um, I, I don't – I can't jinx my avalanche either, unfortunately. <laughs> um, the good news for my avalanche is everyone in the West kind of got worse. So it would it would not shock me to see the lightning back in the finals. Um, I think right now I'm probably going to be if, if I was going to and I I don't sports bet. Um, I'm just a degenerate gambler in my head. Uh, I would probably <laughs> say Avalanche Bruins right now would be All would right. be my would be my two teams. Uh, for the final, but I, the Lightning are going to be right there. They're the fucking Kansas City Chiefs of you know the NHL, so they'll they'll still be there. So I wouldn't get your hopes up
1: that much.
7: <laughs> well, no, at, at this point, my hopes is that somehow Vinick will put together a group to buy the Tampa Bay Rays and move them to Tampa where they've always belonged. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a whole nother. Mm, people don't know the history of the franchise, but anyway, um, I wondered if either of you had read the Fiona Hill. The Fiona Hill opinion column in the Times this weekend about how Ukraine is entirely a hundred percent Donald Trump's fault.
0: Uh I saw it. I did not I did not read it. I, I so generally I, I generally see things like that and I kinda of wince and if I don't if there's not a larger narrative behind it, I generally just overpass I just pass it. There was also a Daily Beast piece on this. Um I, I don't I don't know how I, I don't know how that's believable in the sense of who's going to buy it. So uh, again, and they did this with COVID as well. They said that I think also the New York times, or Washington post said the lack of testing out there is still Donald Trump's fault. And that's, it's just not going to work. It's just, they, they tried Terry McAuliffe tried this and he lost and every, everything that you see floating around out there should be, you know, a bellwether for that race Terry McKellar said, you know, Don, Glenn Youngkin's Donald Trump, and Donald Trump didn't do that, and they just, shrug, they just shrugged and went, My fucking kid is still not in school. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, so well, I, don't you see, know, we... I don't see, I don't see, I see a lot of people still trying to juice that orange. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Um, like, like you see Alexander Vindman all over the place now. Yeah. And, and there's. his
7: wife, Natsat Khan. Yeah. It,
0: I don't, and. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, like he was showing off Conan's sword and he was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And there's a lot of things you can do with your newfound fame that will signal to a lot of people how unserious you are. And one of them is that one of them is appearing on CNN and then one of them is writing for The Washington Post. And so (laughs) I see a lot of people still juicing that orange. Now, Trump could come back. Um, you know, oh, in which God. case, then we can talk about him again if he runs again, then we can talk about him again and i 'm i 'm fully willing to concede that um, but for right now it's it 's largely it 's a large largely a diversion away from holy shit joe biden 's going to lose two countries in six months
7: yes um briefly my uh, so I am firmly in Gen X, not at all ashamed of my age i 'm fifty four my husband is um almost 76. (laughs) And he has the grand distinction of having (laughs) contracted polio from the pre-Salk vaccine. Wow. Um, Yes. Spent 11 weeks in an iron lung, came out paralyzed. His mother refused to um, let them tell him that he would be paralyzed. And mercifully, she went back and um, took him home and did what we would call today kind of rudimentary physical therapy. And he ended up actually playing multi, multiple sports in high school, oh, for um, him. baseball in college, and served in the military. Um, but I texted him earlier and said, hey, that 1967 flu, what was life like back then? Because I was being born. And he said, oh yeah, much like with polio, because you always hear the, like we're hearing now, you hear these extreme cases as, as kind of the entire historical reference. But even when he had polio his siblings still went to school people came over and played um you know it's they did not react to it in the way that we are now because of all of the modern modern niceties of social media and stuff but yeah you know he basically said everyone went about their business if you didn't feel well you stayed home so yeah we're
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm fully willing to concede when this when this virus happened in February, March of 2020 or whenever that was, and I still fully concede the decision to kind of shut things down until we know what it is. Yes. And then we learned a few months later, well, we should just be isolating the elderly. And it turns out the one guy who wasn't fucking doing that was hailed as a conquering hero as the governor of New York. Um. So I fully concede that we didn't know what this was. It was it was killing scores of people in China and in Europe. So we didn't really know. So until we knew what it was, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not pro lockdown, but I'm pro like, let's hit the brakes for a couple of days until we see what's going on. And now what we've learned is once you do that, they're they're never going to they're never going to take their foot off the brake. It's it's going to be backdoor lockdowns, which is what mask mandates are. They do affect the economy. I, I I wear one to be to be polite when I go to a small business because it's not a small business's fault. Um, but I told I've told this on my podcast that um, I generally go if I have to drive thirty miles to go somewhere to not wear a mask to grocery shop. I'll do that. Um, but. They're just like I said, they're not they're not going to let this shit go. And mask mandates are backdoor lockdowns. People are to say there's mandate. They're not going to go shot. It's like, fuck it. I'm not putting this mask on to go do this. This is this, this. And so I'm fully willing to concede that. Yeah, maybe, you know, we should have probably hit the brakes a little bit to make sure to find out this thing wasn't going to turn everybody's skin inside out if you sneezed on someone. But then we did. And then we're now in year three of slowing the spread.
7: Yeah, no. And I mean, I, I was actually reading news reports coming out of China before it happened. And um, because my husband goes to the VA, they actually, toward the like third week in January, started screening everyone who came in the door. Have you had a fever lately? Have you traveled outside the country? Um, so we knew something was coming. Um, and I kind of shored up my mom and sister live together. They're both at high risk. My husband is at high risk. And I'm still taking more precautions than like 95% of the people in Florida because my husband is currently undergoing chemo and radiation. So I'm protecting the vulnerable. And that's, I just think that we, we and I I did a good bit of my graduate work in public health communication. So the last two years have just made me want to shoot a lot of people. Not really, not really, not really shoot um but i think this will forever be an exercise in why you let communications experts communicate what the scientists figure out um because it's just been it's been a colossal nightmare but yeah florida did it right we protected the vulnerable and i hated it my dad was locked in in his room in an assisted living facility um but it is what needed to be done so Team Team Desantis, unless unless he doesn't soon stop sending me out, let's go Brandon emails because I'm tired of them. I, <laughs> seriously, it's so over. I'm That's so funny over anymore, time. Dad. No, it, it it hasn't been fun. Like it was funny for a few days. Now, oh, anyway, I thank you both for your indulgence. Have a great evening, guys. All
1: you right, do.
6: Melissa.
1: See ya. And I actually need to check out if that is okay, but I sure. had a wonderful time. Thanks so much for having me on, Stephen. You got you it. got
0: a, you got a fun dry run for your show happening tomorrow
1: night on Ricochet on Colin. Right.
0: So, well, thanks. Again. I'll try to jump in. I'll it, try to jump it, in, and, to jump in for and tune
1: in for that.
0: All right, thanks, John. I'm yeah. going to take. I'll stick around and take a few more. Uh, I'll probably hang out here until about 30 after. So, um, if you got questions, go ahead and jump up. Hi, Donna. Uh-oh, does she go again? Does she leave again? I'm going to institute a three-strike rule. Uh-oh. No. Hello? Oh. oh, there she is. Hi, Donna.
8: Oh, my God. I'm new. <laughs> I don't know what to do. That's, yeah, that's
0: okay. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry,
8: we'll, I apologize.
0: We'll be patient. I know. It's it's. I'm I'm scared of this technology, too. I just don't show it. What's <laughs> well, on your mind?
8: I'm, well, I'm a, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, no, I, I am um, a big fan of your podcast. I've been listening to you now for uh, over a year, I guess. Um, so I'm curious as to what you think about all the testing, uh, all the tests that are being sent out. It, I am of the opinion that all that it will accomplish is creating a panic, and which is why we're seeing hospitals being overwhelmed And I'm wondering what your thoughts might be on why they decided to do testing instead of putting the money into therapeutics.
0: Well, Biden is on the record or supposedly sources not on the record, but told I think it was either political or someone that the reason the administration didn't put more money into therapeutics is because they said people would then not get vaccinated. Um, If you remember, when Florida was going through therapeutics, Saki and the Biden administration were just sitting there laughing at this. And I had a pretty good, you know, viral tweet where I said they literally almost overnight went from why is, you know, Florida just giving people voodoo drugs, you know, like horse paste and voodoo drugs. And then almost overnight they went to why isn't Florida sharing all the voodoo drugs? Um, and yeah. so they they basically and I think that this is why they didn't ramp up testing or at least provide at home tests was because they just wanted people to get vaccinated. That was it. Even though. And in, 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 Melissa just said something about putting PR people in charge. If you notice the primary person for this, pen, for since Biden took over is Joe Biden. He's the only one out here just going get fascinated huh? and <laughs> whatever. You don't see press conferences. I mean, to Trump's credit, and I know you all hate Fauci and I do too, but Trump would go out there and, and he would say some insane shit. But a lot of those press conferences was Burks and Fauci and the Surgeon General, and he'd have the whole team there, and then of course Trump would come out and pick a fight with a reporter, and that's all they would report on. And now it's just been Joe Biden. Well, he, Joe Biden's a politician. Forty percent of the country fucking hate him, and that's just how it's going to be. So right. if you're the if you're the point man of your COVID messaging, instead of you know someone who is not Fauci, and I generally think that a good portion of the country would be open to hearing from someone not Anthony Fauci, if if. Anthony Fauci was fired or retired and and Biden put some other guy in charge, some, you know, some biologist from John Hopkins and who has a long, unpronounceable name and probably a a Eastern European accent. We'd all probably give him a chance or her a chance. And when 40 percent of your messaging is coming from a politician or all of your messaging is coming from a politician, the 40 percent of the country hates, then you're not going to get that many. You're not going to vaccinate everybody. And so but that's what they said. They didn't want therapeutics and they didn't want testing because they just wanted to to do a vaccination push, except they didn't really do that. It was just like today, Joe Biden's tweet: get your booster on Twitter. Well, okay, that's not going to work at this point. And so I don't really mind the the at home testing stuff. I I don't mind if there's tests on on the shelf that you can buy. That's up to everyone's prerogative. Um, But we're seeing, of course everything this administration does is three weeks to a month to three months too late. So now everyone's going to receive their COVID test. I put in for one just because I want to see how long it takes to get to me. I do Um, too. And so everyone should have just done that. And whether you needed it or not, or um, you just want to put it on Facebook marketplace or whatever, um, I'm fine with everybody having that stuff. And again, therapeutics like an over counter Sudafed medication or something like that. Um, that's ultimately to me the long-term answer to all of this there's going to be 30 percent of the people who aren't going to get vaccinated i don't care uh, this this is why i just i couldn't imagine people caring about aaron Rodgers' vaccination status last night. well
7: look, look, i just let me i ask couldn't
0: I, I don't care about it i'm, I'm vaccinated so, i'm boosted i've had it uh, i i don't care about any of that stuff and that's again what barry weiss was saying about being done with covid
8: right so there you are you are vaccinated and boosted and yet you have all these breakthroughs like what is the end game i I know on your podcast you said it's what an endemic is that what you call an endemic it's It's never it's it's, going to be like the flu it's never going to end
0: no i mean there's a possibility it, it could burn out um but, as of now, it's, an, it's, it's in a stage of endemic, which is you, you live side by side with it. You, you protect the people that you need to. Um, it's, it's, you, you mentioned hospitals are filling up, and as we saw on the East Coast and places like Vermont and Librun cities, and who largely whose media diet is panic and the Atlantic and the New York Times, they were showing up at hospitals you know, with minor symptoms or asymptomatic. Right. And you had to have these hospitals say to these people, stop fucking showing up here. And that has a lot to do with people's media diets who think that COVID is a death sentence. Um, and it's because sure, our media, had, a good chunk of the, our media made it that way.
8: And they get the sniffles and they're running to the ER, which is right. I, I can, now, now of course, nurses and doctors are overwhelmed, but they're making it sound like they're overwhelmed because of COVID where I think they're also, but they're pandemic. also
0: overwhelmed. They're also overwhelmed because they fired nurses and, and doctors who yeah. were who did not get vaccinated but who had natural immunity. And that's this is going to be one of the biggest things we're going to look back on, which is natural immunity is not taken into any consideration right now by the CDC when it comes to mandates, whether it's employer mm. firing mandates, uh, any kind of vaccine passport or anything like that. They do not factor in natural immunity. And this is this is gonna be, I think. One of the bigger things, you know, we're going to look back on in three to four years and go, holy shit, wh- why did we not do that?
8: And I guess that's my question. Why aren't we doing that? I mean, and I, I'm, it's being, I'm being rhetorical because I, ho- I wholeheartedly agree with you and Barry Weiss is that this is now. Uh, oh, my God. How did she say it, it was so beautifully said? Um, a, a
0: pandemic of bureaucracy. Yes.
8: Thank you. Yes, and that is what it has become and they're going to play it for all it's worth but I think it's going to be at their peril, ultimately because when 22 comes around and 24 they're going to get wiped out at at least I hope so because we can't continue this way something has to give and obviously the old man at the helm is leading us down uh, you know, look at man, he's yelling at, at Peter Deucey tonight calling him a son of a bitch I mean he's losing it it's, it's
0: only only three more years to go
8: oh god <laughs> I hope we're got, not in a world war by then oh
0: we'll, you know, we'll I, see I, uh, Donna I have, to, I have to get through these you. last scholars, so I appreciate yes. you thank, thank you. You. You, have to hear from you yeah thanks Bye-bye. for subbing Ian I'm going to try to plow through this so I'm going to try to get as many of you guys in here so make it pithy and fast
6: Okay, I just got back from taking my non-binary hypoallergenic Sharpe on a walk in its stroller, and I'm making a charcuterie board. Oh, you feel, uh, do you
0: feel better now about voting rights legislation?
6: It's. I'm still furious and angry, and I'm still going to fight like hell, but I'm feeling better about it. That's good. Yeah, so I did – I was going to ask about Russia and Ukraine, but, you know, that, that would be a long, drawn-out thing. So I'll just – on the Barry Weiss thing – something that Phetasy said that sort of stood out that no one seems to be talking about is that a lot of people are saying, we're done with the virus. Like, (laughs) we've done what needs to be done. And it really is such an upper, middle, upper class perspective because all the people that work, like, actual, like, working class, the people have to go to factories or work in service jobs, the pandemic was never, like the pandemic never really started in that way for a lot of people. Like they didn't get to, they didn't watch tiger King or get to the end of Spotify. Like Barry Weiss said, so it's is, do you expect that to have any sort of like backlash at all? Or is it just sort of an example of the Democrats or just pundits in general being out of touch? Uh,
3: I I
0: don't, I don't see backlash. Um, I know what you mean by, you know, she she stayed home and we all had to stay home. If you're like in her job or if you're a writer, then you can stay home. And, um, and and I think she's making kind of generalized examples about what we did during COVID. You know, there are, there are people who binge watch shit or, you know, bought Pelotons or or did all this. So yeah, I would argue that there's a little bit of metropolitan bias there. Um, again, in cities, especially like in New York where you just, you had to stay home in your box. Um, I don't know about. I backlash. Mean, it was also. I don't, was I don't know about backlash because I don't know. I don't know how many like Uber Eats drivers or whatever watch Bill Maher, so yeah, I don't know exactly. those comments. And but I do agree with you. I do agree. I do see what you're saying with the metropolitan style of what she's talking about. Just kind of as an East, East Coast, you know, progressive-minded person. Um, I, I do. I do know what you mean when you say like, for some people, like the pandemic never fucking. It, it just never was like that. You. We if you were if you were a lift or if you were a you know a delivery driver for food, especially in those East Coast cities like DC or New York, yeah, you you probably didn't have that luxury. And you were also probably, you know, at the highest risk, obviously. And then also of course restaurant workers who had to cook all of that. And of course you had frontline workers and you had um fire department and police. They couldn't just go on lockdown. Um so but I also in fairness I also think those fucking people are tired of all of this. Those people have kids, too. They have to send to school. They have jobs. Um, so I, I just, again, I think I think her message of I think I'm done with COVID and we're done with COVID. We were we were promised if you get the vaccine, we'll get back to normal. And she's absolutely right when she says that didn't happen. And I think that that's going to register a lot more with the kind of people that you were talking about than her saying she binge watched Tiger King.
6: Yeah, well, I, I understand that. that. I think that what she said was really useful just because she is sort of the canary in the coal mine. The, I think uh, one of the, like, boomy leaks, I think it is, on Twitter had the Jesse Singal says, hey, have you seen this thing that conservatives yeah. have been talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a month later, Barry Weiss says, I can't believe everyone doesn't agree with this thing conservatives said about a year ago. Right. And they said that sort about, of the like, Wilmar, one- too.
0: Yeah. So, they're the ones yeah, that sort and of I stopped the liberals
6: and, in that direction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So All I right. saw that where, and uh, to an extent, I, I agree with that sentiment. Um he, Here's how I look at this: Any time a progressive, especially in media, starts to come around, they start to just be like, "This. What the hell is going? What are we doing here?" You know, Bill Maher's one of them. Barry Weiss is one of them. There's a few of them. That, I don't, I don't believe in repelling those people. I don't believe in going like, "Well, oh, fuck, were you a year ago?" Of course, yeah, where were I mean, we've been saying this for a while. The other thing is is there are no conservatives who are representative in, in anywhere in mass media um, other than Fox News. Um, but if you look at and this is a point I always make on my podcast, if you look at mainstream media, probably the most mainstream media conservative for a while was Megan McCain on the View. So they pretty much ostracized everybody out they said you know these are ours you go to fox news you saw what they did to megan kelly when she tried to kind of walk in the club at nbc um they tried to get her fired every single week and then nbc got tired of it and they they ginned up the excuse of black santa claus or whatever and fine we're gonna let you go and megan kelly fought back and won a pretty substantial settlement i would think for her contract um so when people like Mar stumble into a good point, I'm willing to give them credit for it. When Barry Weiss comes around, and you know, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and ostracize people who do have that voice. And you saw that you saw the backlash from that far left or from those people in media uh, against her. And so anyone who kind of kind of stands up and doesn't apologize or doesn't go back and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that I'm Bill Maher, whatever. Uh, I'm willing to listen to and give a chance. It's just because of, that's the landscape. We need those people to make.
6: Yeah, 100 percent. Thanks for uh, putting together an old school conservatarian. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I, I wasn't going to. I just asked John like last minute. I'm like, hey, I don't really feel like ranting by myself for a while. Do you want to come in and do this? And then also because he's doing a call and show now, which is good to see. I'm like, all right, just come in and promote this shit. Thanks Ian. Thank you, Samuel. You're up. I'm gonna. So just an FYI, I don't know. I'm looking at my screen. I see Samuel, Chris, Justin, and Vanessa. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up after Vanessa. So anyone anyone else who's behind her, I'm sorry. Um, uh, But I I do have pups that I need to walk and feed and take care of and not neglect to make sure they're not like the baby in train spotting. So Vanessa will be the last one for tonight, and we'll just make sure to come back next week. And I'm pretty good with photos. So, uh, if I see your, your little icon badge, whatever, I'll try to make sure to bump you up or get you next week. Samuel, you're up.
9: What's going on? All right. Pretty simple question. We don't Uh want to chickens before they hatch, but election night, 2022, which network are you hate watching CNN or MSNBC?
0: I don't really, I don't watch. I'll make sure midterms are, they're not going to be as fun as a presidential. Um, I don't know. Probably MSNBC. That depends on if like Joy Reid and, you know, those people are on MSNBC's panel with Chuck Todd. Um, it's always funny to watch those election night things because they make Chuck Todd like go through Joy Reid's insanity. <laughs> and Chuck Todd's a guy who always has tried to differentiate NBC news from MSNBC. He's always, he's always used that excuse. Well, that's, that's MSNBC you're talking about. Um, so it's always kind of funny to watch him squirm a little bit. Um Whereas, like, somebody like, uh, you know, CNN will have Wolf Blitzer and, um, you know, Jake Tapper and Dana Bash and then Van Jones will be there and, and a couple others. And they're kind of all, you know, in the same office and club. Um, so I don't even know if I'm going to really watch Election Night Returns. I, I much. I, I look online. I look at um, Decision Desk a lot and stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't really hate watch stuff. The presidential, I mean... And even on like election night 2016, I was I was in Utah. I was covering McMullen's election night party, so I didn't even really have sound. I did have sound, uh, but it was the sound of uh, someone you all kind of know and love melting down next to me, but that's in completely
9: Yeah, I've heard that one on your podcast, but yeah, if Joy Reid gets canned before election night, I'm going to be really upset with MSNBC. I think if she gets canned in
0: period, I'm, I'm going to be
9: very upset with MSNBC. She's just the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Yeah, it's good to think of that. Like, I, I get people who are like, "Why does this person have a show?" But it? and it's like, no, let, let them let them keep saying this stuff. Let them shout it from rooftops and bullhorns and like the view today. Um, the the view makes millions of people dumber every single day. Um, but like this stuff today, this anti-vax paranoia um, is is instructive,
9: and that stuff needs to be out there for. Last thing I'll say, but they're never going to get a conservative on that show. It's never going to happen. Yeah,
0: they'll get they'll get the acceptable. Cons- they'll get like Amanda Carpenter or um,
9: yes, yeah, she just reared her face again, so she'll probably you be know, the they'll one. Get, that
0: they'll it. get they'll get they'll get they'll get the uh, the the acceptable conservative on that show, which they will also still go off and destroy. Because, well, thank you. Have a good one. Thanks, Samuel. Justin, what's going on? uh Oh, is this working? Yeah, uh, he, hello. Oh, there he is. What's going on, Justin? Hello.
3: Not much. Uh, as one of your resident uh, uh listeners, I'm just wondering... Okay, uh, next when, caller.
0: That's great. Thank you. No, go ahead. Justin. I'm just wondering when are the bombs coming? Uh I guess we'll see. If, if Putin moves into Ireland... Um, yeah. So if Putin takes Ireland, um, we probably should have taken Greenland to stop that, but, you know, no one Obviously. listens to me. Obviously. Um, for you guys you guys are kind of screwed because you Putin can also come through Alaska and then also through Canada in which case you guys are stuck in a proxy war and i i don't think you're going to take our side nor do i think we should let you so i think i think the solution there is to barricade the northern border and Um, probably we're, we're going to need to take Edmonton and Calgary for strategic, for strategic purposes. Vancouver's lost. I hope you're nowhere near Vancouver. No, I'm Um, in Toronto. Oh, okay. So you're, you're kind of safe. I mean, Toronto's Toronto's basically the Kabul of North America though. So, um, I I kind of, I kind of just think we're, I just kind of think we're going to just bomb you all. Um, I'm not convinced Canada doesn't take Russia's side.
3: Uh, well, we have our leave, so... Uh, Vladimir Putin will
0: place, start... Vladimir Putin will start putting... He'll start putting pronouns in his speech, and that's all it will take for Trudeau to, like, sign a treaty.
2: Uh, thanks. Uh, well, we just got to end our
3: lockdown soon. So, yeah.
0: Thanks. Uh, thanks good, good luck. Let us know if you need, like, you know, smuggling out, although I don't really trust any of you guys. Uh, smuggling you guys out of Canada is, is like, my fear of you know, Middle Eastern men coming across the the Mexican border. That's kind of my biggest fear. So um but if you know if you pay me a large sum of money I can see what I can do. I can use some State Department. Vanessa, you're last. Make make it make it good. Hey, how's it going? Good. We're okay. We're winding so down.
10: I know I know you're trying to wrap up. I was gonna ask you and John, but I guess John left about your thoughts. He's old. On... He
0: has he has bedtime.
9: Oh
10: yeah it is five thirty shit.
0: He's getting up there.
10: Um, Well, I was going to ask you guys about your thoughts on the NFL overtime rule, but I was sitting here (laughs) thinking about how annoyed I am with all of my Kansas City friends and all of their bitching about it. So uh, let's just be quick. And what are your predictions for the next round? Oh,
0: God. Um, The funniest thing about the overtime rule is it's funny how they only demand to change it when a team they all want to see win loses. That's everyone in media. Everyone wanted the Bills to win. Everyone wanted the Bills to finally get to the Super Bowl and then a Super Bowl. And that's what everybody wanted. And if you look at how the rule change happened, I think it was, it was the Brett – what was it? The Brett Favre for the Vikings. Yes. yes, They wanted Brett Favre in the Super Bowl for the Vikings. That's all they wanted. And so then they changed it. For, and, I, and I think – like, I'm hazy. I don't know if they were playing the Saints on that or what – they were playing somebody. But they all wanted Brett Favre for the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. They wanted to see him win another one. And then now they're bitching about this one because they all just wanted the Bills to win. And then, and then the Chiefs won, and now it's bad. Um, I do like seeing the fucking Kansas City Chiefs turn into the New England Patriots of hate right before my very eyes. Like, you kind of <laughs> see, like, the Patriots, that first year they won, they beat the Rams. Everyone loved it. It was like it was, it was reminiscent of 9-11. They, the Patriots won the 2001-2002 Super Bowl. And everyone loved that plucky little kid Tom Brady, a story of a backup coming in and taking him. And by the Eagle Super Bowl, the first one, they were just like, fuck this team. Just fuck this team. We hate this team. And I see that happening with the Chiefs right now. It's like, just fuck these guys. The same thing happened to the Cowboys, where it was like, great to see for the first two. And then by year five, they were like, we hate these guys. We hate this team. Um, yeah, well. So that's the only reason they, that's the only reason even the overtime rules even come up. It's like. Who cares? I'm more of a fan. I love the coin toss and the sudden death. I kind of just like that drama. Um, I hate it. If if, if we're up to me, I'm fine with seeing both teams touch the ball in the end. Put it on the 25-yard line, you know, give them, you know, whatever to do it, and then see what happens. I'm fine with that. Um, I I said last night on Twitter what you should do is the team can pick their best defender, um, put him on the goal line like a soccer goalie, and then the opposing team's quarterback can throw it from the 25-yard line. And oh. that guy has a chance to block. And if it goes through the end zone, then that's it. That's a point. So there, I was listening and just reading some of these suggestions today. And I'm like, these these people are out of your minds. Like, it doesn't have to be this hard. So I, I'm kind of old school. I love the kind of the coin toss and then the one possession. Um, but I just I love that everyone hates the Chiefs now. Well, they should. I, it's a racist team name. And Andy-
10: I know, I know. And I <laughs> I don't have a team because the Rams obviously left. And I was loyal to them for like a year or two after they left because they still kind of had the same players. And then it's not even what it was when they left. So I don't, yep. I don't have a team. Now they have
0: hyper-colored uniforms now.
10: You should be a Chiefs fan. You live in Missouri. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. I don't need to be a Chiefs fan just because I live no. in the same state. And don't every, need, every don't one need of my friends of was like, well, every one of my friends was like, well, the Chiefs tried to change the rule in 2019, so don't complain. And I'm like, well, fuck you. Is the rule still good or is it bad?
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, if you're mine. we don't need more racist Chiefs fans. Uh, my prediction for I'm, I'm going to go Chiefs Rams. I think that that's going to be. That's I, think what that I, that's, thought too. I think that that's the obvious game because you're going to have the Rams defense versus the Chiefs offense. And that's how every yeah. Super Bowl is. So every Super Bowl is, uh, is, is a great offense, which, I mean, the Rams have as well. They have, obviously, I think the best receiver in the league, but it's the, the Rams are known for their defense. So you have Von Miller and Donald and all of those guys. Um, I don't know, though. I, I think, a, I think a, a Bengals-Rams could be sneaky good. And if you're an old-school football fan, there's probably a lot of people out there rooting for the 49ers and the Bengals, just so we can get two weeks of icky shuffle bullshit. And whatever. I can't imagine. This is what I love. I can't imagine, you know, the entire country is now you have the Kansas City Chiefs versus a hole in the ground with a sign that says, welcome to Cincinnati. And now everyone is forced to root for the hole in the ground over the Chiefs, which I love. I, I love the mass case. I
10: would I would gladly root for Cincinnati. Yeah, I think Chiefs. I <laughs> think
0: I am, too, secretly. I'm rooting for hole in the ground. Um I just I like seeing, you know, shitty organizations kind of turn it around. And it's like, at least it's somebody new. It's not like the fucking Patriots every year. right? Um, But I think it's probably going to be I think it's probably going to be the.
10: I just don't want to see Patrick Mahomes brother's face ever again. Oh,
0: he's the he's also a gift that keeps on giving. Patrick Mahomes brother Uh, is the joy read of the NFL fan.
10: He is. I fucking hate that piece of shit.
0: Just, he, keeps, he keeps making the case for me. So I know. All right. All right well, thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Vanessa. Take care. I'll, I'll take Joe real fast because I know Joe's an OG. All right. All right. Joe, you're up. You're ending it.
9: Hey, Stephen. Thanks so much. Um, so I'll keep this brief. I'm going to start off with an irreverent question and then a quick statement. Oh, good. So my, irrever- my irreverent question, you had mentioned in the pod yesterday that you would do a political beats, hopefully, to talk about either uh, Sigur Rós or The National, I believe. Yeah. Between the two of them, who had the better rendition, in your opinion, of the Reigns of Castamere from Game of Thrones? Sigur Ross. Okay, fair. I would That's, say The National, but, but fair.
0: Yeah, he, because, yeah, I mean, he, Matt has that wine-drunk voice you know, that kind of fits the darkness of the show or whatever. But I liked, I liked, uh, I liked Jonesy's version better.
9: Cool. Cool. So, and I'll just close with a quick statement here. So in reviewing all of Twitter, ever since the whole Deucey situation went down, um, I think to, to borrow a phrase from you, kind of like how the media doesn't care about the spread of disinformation they don't actually care about personal attacks on journalists either. They only care about it when it's the other team doing it against their own actual friends.
0: Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it's reminiscent of all the dunking you saw on Aaron Rodgers. It's, it, this is almost exactly right. And it's so fucking blatant. This is the shit that it doesn't drive me crazy, but when you really see how shameless and performative, The outrage over Donald Trump was like, like Jim Acosta, like this, this performative, you know, grabbing the microphone and he, you know, he's acting like he was shot by a sniper or something. And, you know, you and I are, we can sit there and we can look at this and go, look at this grandstanding motherfucker. Like, what is he doing? This is not journalism. And, you know, you get rid off as a partisan hack, like whenever you just sound like Jimmy acosta, or whatever. And, I've, I, and if you listen to my podcast, I've defended Acosta on occasions. I defended him when he went to North Korea and shouted questions at the run fact kit. Um, but you look at it's so telling. Like now you see Ducey who Ducey's not hamming this up. He's not. What about the Statue of Liberty, sir? And he's not he's asking a question. I think it's called a dumb son of a bitch. And there's little. I'm looking at this right now. Jerry Dunleavy. He
2: he laughed. Jerry Dunleavy found
0: this. This is amazing to me. Brian Stelter. He. This is from March of 2018. Calling a journalist a quote son of a bitch. It was wrong when Trump was just a candidate, and it's even worse now that he's POTUS. Ryan Stelter's retweet of Jen Cheney from, uh, of course, this will probably be the lead story on Fox News for the next two days, turning it into a thing when it should really just be a blip. And you look at this and this is when your mouth just hits the floor on this guy and you just go, how do you do this with a straight face? How do you do this with a straight face? And like I look at this and go, well, no, of course, these, you know, these attacks on the press from Trump. Uh, are, aren't professional, but Trump wasn't elected to be a professional guy. And so you look at this and now you look at it from the exact thing by Joe Biden, son of a bitch, you know, talking through his stroke and you have guys like Stelter or Sam Stein or whatever, because it's a guy who's not in their club. It's suddenly not the end of democracy. And you just, you look at this and you just go, how, how do you fucking sleep at night being shameless? Like, How, how do you, how do you sleep inside of your piano at night looking at this stuff? It's, it really, it's crazy to me. Like you, you can show this to them and it's just like fucking Westworld doesn't look like anything to me. I I don't know. And then, and it fully explains again, how we got here with media and why we're here. And Brian Selter just gave a course or he just went to a school and lectured about misinformation to a class. And here you could just show these two tweets to these guys and go, this is who's lecturing you. Maybe don't listen to this person. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's funny. I mean, to me, it's funny to watch. Like, this is the difference between the people on the right and the people on the left, is largely the people on the right are just doing this to highlight the hypocrisy. They're not sitting here, you know, defending Peter Ducey's honor. And if if this was Jim Acosta, he'd have a fucking book deal by now. And you really see, like, Peter Ducey just kind of laugh this off and go, I mean, he didn't answer the question and nobody's fact checked him. <laughs> and so journals are actually upset now that Ducey is just laughing at it. There was also a guy from media matters who was like, boy, they seem really shook up about it. And they really don't understand the right or how we look at media criticism or how we look at them. And it's like, we, this is the whole point. We were making fun of Acosta's theatrics because it really is all performative. And if you look at now, the reaction to Ducey on all of this stuff, they're just like, no, 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 this isn't a threat to democracy. Ducey deserved it. He's not a real reporter. Thank you. Good night. And so it really just exposes. I like when things like this happen. I, I don't sit here and, you know, go that the president should have done that. This, 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 this. I like when things like this happens because it highlights the very nature of what, why we're in this and what we're talking about. Um. Like this thing with like it's, it's, this word for word Stelter's tweet from 2018 fits this so perfect where it's calling a journalist a son of a bitch. It was wrong when Trump was just a candidate and it's even worse now. But because it's Peter Ducey at Fox, it's acceptable. And I mean, it's it's hilarious to me that they look at this and think Acosta is the real reporter and Ducey is just the one masquerading as one when it's almost the exact opposite.
9: And the exact same people were on their feigning yep. couches on Christmas Eve when the random nobody at the end of the phone call said, let's go, Brandon.
0: Yeah. They just they hit their feigning couches, and suddenly now that this has to... And that guy didn't do himself any favor by, you know, making a national platform out of it and, you know, going on Steve Bannon. Oh, maybe I'll run for something, because that's also the problem, you know, people doing that shit. But, yeah, you're right. It's like the people just completely just like faint over this shit. And Deucey's here just laughing about it. Like, wow, that was a moment. I, you know, I got my story and, and you know, it it just shows again, the the new boss is the old boss. And the only difference is how he's being treated by his friends and in, in media and NBC and CNN.
9: Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate
0: it. It's 69 live people. Nice. So that's good. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. I will be back uh, probably next Monday. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Um, I'll try to get another guest in here for you guys. If you guys have suggestions, just at me on Twitter. Or again, if you're on the podcast, you can also subscribe to me over at Patreon as well. If you haven't done that, I'm cheap $3 a month or even $1 a month. Although we we don't like to talk about the $1 drags. Um, So again, I try to be accessible. So if you tweet at me or whatever like that, uh, or if you get me on Patreon or, or even here, um, again, I try to be accessible to everybody and not just the blue checks. Um, so again, uh, feel free to reach out and give me ideas about this, what you like, what you don't like, and as well as on calling Is you know we're still trying to kind of work out the bugs and I guess let in those Android freaks. I'm, I'm fine just having this be an Apple app. so um, anyway, thanks everyone. I'm gonna go ahead and shut this down and you guys can go about your days now. So thanks again for listening. Thanks again for your questions, and we'll do it again next week.